Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Our sermon text for this morning uh, comes from Galatians, because of course we're doing a whole series on Galatians, so we're looking at something from each chapter as we cover this book every week. And so today we are in chapter 3 of Galatians, and we are going to be looking at verses 23 through 29. Indeed, these are, I believe, the last verses of chapter 3. And so here they are. I'm reading here from uh, the ESV, but it'll be close enough if you follow along with anything. Uh, So here we go. Galatians 3, starting at verse 23. Now before faith came... We were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so as is our custom, uh, we are going to start with a little opening question that you can respond to. If you're watching at home, you can respond to on the live chat on uh, YouTube or Facebook. Pastor Chris is going to be checking those out. Or if you're in the room or would just even rather do this from home, you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. 407-842-8884. So here's the opening question. So think back to in those early days of COVID when we were under lockdown. I mean, it wasn't a total lockdown. You could still leave your house for certain reasons, but we were supposed to stay home except for, you know, for any non-essential thing. Uh, and so think back to that time. What was the thing that you hated the most about being locked down? What was the, the one thing that, you, that gave you the most trouble when you weren't able to leave your house? How did it make you feel? Uh, go ahead and let us know the answer to that question, and we'll come back to it in just a moment. But in the meantime, let me introduce what we are going to be talking about today. So we have been doing this series on Galatians, and we titled it Freedom, because freedom, our Christian freedom, our freedom in the gospel is a huge part of Paul's letter to the Galatians. But I will tell you that anytime we talk about Christian freedom, anytime we talk about the freedom of the gospel, it gets a little controversial, actually. It gets a little controversial. There are some people, and maybe you are one, that really have a hard time accepting our freedom as Christians and the freedom of the gospel. Very often we'll have people struggle and, and they'll, they'll answer a question like, or ask a question like, are you really saying that people can be forgiven for anything? That it doesn't matter, they don't have to do anything, they just through faith, they can be forgiven, even if they've done some horrible things. And the answer is yes. 
And sometimes people struggle with that. And I have found that there tends to be a couple reasons that often uh, come to the fore when people struggle to accept that. One's kind of a, a positive and the other's a little bit more negative. But uh, the first thing is this. Sometimes we struggle with that idea of gospel freedom, that idea that, that we are freely forgiven in Christ for any sin we commit uh, because of a sense of right and wrong, a, a sense of justice. There are indeed some people in the world that have done some really horrible, heinous things. You know, mass murderers throughout history or just, you know, people that uh, hurt children or things like that, you know? Some people have done some really horrible things. And the thought that someone like that could receive forgiveness and avoid any consequence for their actions doesn't always sit right with us. It doesn't always sit right with us. It doesn't always seem like that's justice. How could that be? You know, especially when you put it in the terms that people often like to do. Uh, I, I, don't, I find these examples almost never exist in real life, but hypothetically people be like, I mean, what about on their deathbed? If they have faith on their deathbed, will they still be forgiven for all that horrible stuff that they did? It's a struggle. It's a struggle, and it's kind of a natural question to find ourselves asking. But that's kind of on the more positive side, the more, you know, uh, I, I would say, I don't know uh, how to describe it, I guess, but the, the, you know, something that's not so bad, right? That's more understandable. But unfortunately, I often find that the other reason that people tend to struggle with the idea of our freedom in the gospel is because it very often comes from a kind of a place of legalism. There's a, a lot of Christians that believe or, or will want to tell you that the Christian life is primarily a life of obedience, that the, the main point of, of our faith is that we be obedient to the Word of God. And that we just do everything that it says. Spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> it's primarily a life of faith. We live by faith, not by obedience. But a lot of people don't understand that. And sometimes there's an unconscious bit, well, and sadly sometimes a conscious bit, of self-righteousness in those people. I'm often reminded of uh, the, the parable of the prodigal son, where the, the son goes off and he sins. You know, he does horrible things, he wastes money and all of that. And when he comes back and he's forgiven, the other son who stayed the whole time is like, that's not fair. I was here the whole time. How can he just be forgiven when he so clearly did what was wrong? Sometimes the objections to gospel freedom come out of that same sort of sense of self-righteousness. But ultimately, what the real problem is, is a misunderstanding of both law and gospel, and a misunderstanding of what the law does and what the gospel does, and almost more importantly, what the law does not do. Understanding the purpose of the law can help us to answer those objections that we may have those misunderstandings that we may have, and that is what we are going to talk about today. But first, 
Pastor Chris, we got any answers? What was the one thing that people hated most? I'd say the overwhelming number one answer is the quick pivot uh, to online teaching. We have a lot of teachers here at mm. uh, Holy Cross. Um, and not just teachers, but also as parents as well. <laughs> we all found out just how bad of teachers we actually were during <laughs> right. isolation. And all of us rooted for a 3,000% increase in all teacher salaries, if yeah. you did any online teaching uh, at home. Also, uh, a couple of other points real quick. Jessica said she was actually more happy than upset because it was a blessing to spend extra time with family and something that we definitely needed. I heard that a lot out yeah. of uh, all that. So. Uh, Jessica doing the the thing where you know what's your uh, what's your worst habit or you know during an interview and then she yeah. turned it into a positive right there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was <laughs> teaching um, and of course isolation from friends and family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to twist that back and say I'm sure she just meant like being cooped up with her family the whole time. That was her point, right? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And then uh, Kyle Williams said that, uh, unfortunately, he discovered how annoying he was to the rest of his family. So that's what he <laughs> right. learned during COVID. So nobody likes to be locked down. Um, nobody likes that feeling. I, I don't talk about this often because, honestly, mo most of the stories I could tell are completely inappropriate in a church setting. But I did work in prison for a while. I was a corrections officer in a medium security prison for a year and a half uh, before I moved on to uh, probation. And I will tell you, that was not a fun place to be. Uh, it, it was tough, man. You, it, you could just, you walked in and you could just feel kind of the oppression, right? Uh, and it was a depressing and sad place. We don't like to be imprisoned. We don't like to be locked down. We don't like to be confined. And yet, in today's text, that's what the Apostle Paul compares God's law to. Here's what he says, starting in verse 23. He says, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian. Here we are told that the purpose of the law was to hold us captive, to imprison us, and to guard us. Please note, nowhere in there does it say the law's purpose was to save us. What does it mean that the law both guarded and imprisoned us. Well, it means two things. On the one hand, it guards us in this sense, that the law actually teaches us what is right and what is wrong and incentivizes those things. The law is a reward and punishment-based system. You do this good thing, you get rewarded. You do this bad thing, you get punished. And so it incentivizes good behavior and helps limit and suppress bad behavior. And God gives us that law, not just when he gave it to Moses, but he, the scripture says he writes it on our hearts. So we all human beings have kind of a natural understanding of what God's law is, of what is right and what is wrong, because he gives that to us. And that enables us to actually live together in a functioning society. It creates order. 
And while it never, uh, obviously, completely does away with lawlessness or criminal behavior or violence or hatred or evil, it does limit and suppress those things. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 7. He says, What then shall we say, that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. The law teaches us right and wrong. And so doing, it guards us and protects us by giving order that enables us to live together in functioning society. But it also imprisons us. And the way it does that is in the way it judges and condemns us. Because I hate to break it to you, but when it comes to God's law, we all, every single one of us, myself included, stand condemned by it. And you know, people often have these objections uh, to that. No, no, I'm, I'm basically a pretty good person. I've never, I've never cheated on my wife. I've never, uh, I've never robbed a bank. I've never murdered anybody. Which is, of course, setting the bar pretty low anyway. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. But you know what? The law doesn't say, try to do it. The law doesn't say, keep some of the law some of the time. The law says, keep all of the law all of the time perfectly. That is something we cannot do. In James chapter 2, he says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. If you break one part of the law, you break the whole law. And we have all broken way more than just one part of the law. Here's the, the Apostle Paul really lets us have it in Romans chapter 3. This is what he says. Let it sink in. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands no one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And so are all of we apart from Christ. And if you still haven't gotten the point, Paul couldn't be any clearer a few verses later where he says this, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. See, the purpose of the law is not to save us. The purpose of the law is not to justify us. It cannot do that. No one will be justified according to the law. No one. But the purpose of the law is to show us sin. It's to show us sin in the world, to teach us right and wrong, and it's to show the sin in ourselves when we compare how we have lived to what the law says. That is how it imprisons us. And you know what? That's not a good feeling. 
It's not a good feeling. Second question. If you could go anywhere in the world and do anything you wanted, cost was no problem, all expenses paid, time off from work, have whatever you need, you had complete freedom to go anywhere in the world and do anything you wanted to do, where would you go and what would you do? Where would you go and what would you do? You can jump on the live chat or you can text your answer 407-842-8884. Where would you go, what would you do if you had unlimited freedom to go and do anything you wanted? And while we're waiting, let's look at the next verse. The Apostle Paul continues in verse 24. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. We uh, already saw that what the law does is it shows us our sin. We see that we are not righteous, that we have broken the law. But if that seems depressing, the good news is God knows about that. And that's why he saves us in spite of that. It says here very clearly, we are justified by faith, not by the law, not by our obedience, not by our righteousness or self-righteousness, and not by anything we do, by faith and faith alone. And if any of us has a problem with that, we need to check our hearts, man. Because that usually comes from a place of wanting to judge other people. And realizing that if we admit those truths about ourselves and we admit that truth about salvation, that we can't do that anymore. And so having been justified by faith, we no longer need the guardian of the law. We are not under the law. We are not judged by the law. We are not condemned by the law. We are free. We have been let out of that prison. And instead, now we're all children of God. How? By faith. Pastor Chris, we get any answers? Where do people want to go? What do they want to do? Well, we've got a wide, uh, wide uh, variety of answers on this one. Uh, let's see. Sarah Bell says, eat at every Gordon Ramsay restaurant in the world. But <laughs> I think she broke the rules. You just said one place. I did, uh, but that's so okay. That's, that's, right. that's pretty that's good. Technicality. Um, <laughs> a couple people said Jerusalem for Holy Week and walk where Ju Jesus right. walked. Uh, let's see. A lot of people actually said uh, uh, golf as well. Golf all over the world. Tim's going to go golf in Portugal. Uh, Kyle Williams getting very extravagant. He's going to go across the street to Chipotle because their burritos are amazing. So free plug for them. Um, also, fishing in uh, Alaska and Jack would go to Ireland to visit family. So a lot of great uh, places all over. The Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, for me, like, uh, uh, kind of a similar to uh, Sarah's thing about going to all the Gordon Ramsay 
uh, restaurants. Uh, like I, I've always been into martial arts my whole life, and so there's a bunch of cool places for that I'd love to go. I'd love to, I'd love to go train judo at the Kodokan in Japan. I'd love to go do Taekwondo in South Korea. I'd love to go to Shaolin Temple in China, you know? Uh, all those, the homes of all these uh, great martial arts. I'm that sorry, would, that would be amazing. You can only pick one. I'm sorry. Your <laughs> question, Pastor Matt. Come on. All right, so that's pretty cool, like lots of different ways uh, that people would use their freedom to go anywhere and do anything. But the one thing that you really don't hear when you ask a question like that is no one says, look, you have the freedom to go anywhere and do anything you want, and then the person says, ah, you know what, I think I'm just going to stay home and look at Facebook. Right? You wouldn't do that if you had the freedom to do all these other amazing things. So why would we do that as Christians? Why would we take our Christian freedom and just sit on it and not use it? In verse 27, the Apostle Paul says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. First of all, side note, once again, another great verse about baptism, showing that it's so much more than symbolic, that God actually works in and through baptism, that in baptism, we put on Christ. And that means two things. First of all, it's another reference to our justification. Because when we put on Christ, uh, other language in Scripture uses this, we clothe ourselves in Christ. What we're doing is we're putting on his righteousness as if it were a robe that we put on to cover ourselves. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin and our failings and our shortcomings. He sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And so putting on Christ is a reference to our justification, but it is also a reference to how we should live. Because to put on Christ means to become Christ-like. And that is a call to live the way Jesus lived. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Very often when we talk about Christian freedom, when we talk about our freedom in the gospel, people think we have, we're no longer under the law, and so that means now we're just a law unto ourselves. And that's not the case. It's not a choice between living under God's law or living under our own law, our own desires, our own wants. The contrast is between living under the law and living by faith. We live by faith, not by the law. And one of the defining characteristics of a life of faith is that imitation of Christ and is that call to walk in love. 
If you're going to hold yourself to some standard, if you're going to try to be obedient, uh, don't look to the judgment and condemnation that comes from the law, but rather look to the love of Christ. A love that sacrificed himself for us. A love that saved us. And then use that love to love and serve our neighbors the same way Jesus loved and served us. That is what a life of Christian freedom looks like. And in his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.